Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode 75 of the Brianna Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the man, the myth, always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, as we sit here watching Monday Night Football with the Raiders up 20-7, to about to go into halftime against the Chiefs. It's crazy, but it's our second straight victory Monday as a podcast. The Jets take down the Dolphins, drop a 40-burger. Uh, and the Eagles, they take down the Cardinals, 20-17. to 17. We love it. But Aaron, how are we doing, my friend? Can't complain, man. Cannot. Can't complain. Being in the, in the wind column is always a, a great thing on this Monday. So, um, yeah, we're circling the wagons. This guy better not be complaining at, at 5-0. I'll tell you <laughs> that for free, folks. But we start on the diamond. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners. We will get to everything football. We'll get uh, to Matt Rule being fired, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold being the coach killers. We will get <laughs> to Tom Brady somehow getting uh, two-hand touched and getting roughing the passer call that changed the course of that game. We will get to everything NFL-wise, but first we get to the diamond, a lovely, luxurious, incredible uh, wildcard weekend, to say the least. Uh, and... We uh, which which series you want to start? Start with there. We start Mets uh, Mets pods. Let's go. Let's go with one of the biggest choking franchises there is with with the New York Mets. New York Mets. All right, they lose their series two to one. Um, start with Max Scherzer on Friday. Got the doors blown off him. Gave up seven runs. Um, predictable, 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 predictably, predictably. <laughs> I think it's a word. Hopefully, uh, they, Jacob Degrom handled his business on Saturday, played lights out, and then they got taken down by Musgrove, the Padres, and uh, some shiny ears uh, on Sunday to lose the series, uh, lose their season. Uh, what was a hundred and one win season, which was predictable. I'll give my, myself a second chance at, at that word from from the start. But Aaron, what are your what are a couple of takeaways from your end on the series as a whole? Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, I did. I did think the Mets would escape the first round, uh, especially you know you got uh, Degrom, you got Scherzer. I think Bassett uh, was the other pitcher in the series. Um, yeah, dude. It, it, very surprised. Very, very uh, shocked at the result of this one. 
the Padres just absolutely the bats came alive unlike I've seen really in a long time, you know, in this season for them. Um, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe Buck Walters just cursed ever since he, you know, ever since he lost that, that wild card game with the Orioles, you know, we're talking like probably 10 years ago now. Um, just, you know, the bad luck continues. I think them losing that series to the Braves right before the playoffs hurt the self-esteem and, and obviously losing the division at the very last minute, that's just bad mojo. So, uh, credit to the Padres, but yeah, Mets, Mets collapse, you know, once again. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when you have Scherzer and DeGrom going into a series, like you're – and it was interesting. I want to get your take on, like, starting Scherzer in game one versus DeGrom. I know, like, Scherzer, obviously, like, World Series champ, been around the block. I mean, DeGrom in his own right, been the face of the franchise for the good part of a <coughs> – excuse me, a decade, um, has started in the World Series before, um, but – uh, I, I just th- thought it was interesting that they started in hindsight 2020. Obviously, you're going into that series with Scherzer and DeGrom, and DeGrom 1A, 1B. Like, no one's be- like, not one person's better than the other in that situation. Like, in your mind, would you would you have started DeGrom um, in that game? Like, all being equal, like, considering I, I assume they were both in the same amount of rest. Like, would you have started DeGrom in that situation? Um, Honestly, I, I, I might've leaned Scherzer only because of the experience. Um, I, I really, it's like a flip of the coin to me, yeah. like both those, both those guys are killers. Um, I just think Scherzer, like, like he's been there, done that so many times. Like he sets the example if he goes out there game one and, and obviously, you know, just shuts the door. Like he, he is just, that guy is terrifying when he's on, he, he can just mow down a lineup. Obviously the Grom can too, you know, you can argue to Grom right now is better. Uh, in his in his uh, career, you know, just younger, you know, more elite at, at this point in his career um, than, than Scherzer is, you know, at the latter part of his career right. he is now. But I I, I might have just thrown Scherzer out there just because, like I said, the experience thing. I I mean, if you would have told me he would have got rocked the way he did, I think he gave up six earned, um, at least six. I think he gave up like five in one inning uh, in the middle part of that game. I just couldn't believe it. I, I've seen him pitch time and time and time again, like whether it was the Tigers or the Nationals uh, or even the Dodgers, you know, in the postseason and just just absolutely murder the entire lineup. So uh, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, But, yeah, you know, you can you can argue that wouldn't be the right move, obviously, at the result that that occurred. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's also a testament to the to the Padres, like Taking like you said, take a game against Bassett with Musgrove pitching. I think it was a mismatch in, in favor of the Padres yesterday, and then putting up six or seven, you know, five, six or seven against Scherzer. Obviously, nothing to sneeze at. Um, I think they just they came in with more of a purpose than the Mets. I think the Mets are probably resting on their laurels a little bit. Probably got shell shocked in Game One. Um, obviously, had a lot of confidence playing Game Two against Degrom, but absolutely no showed um, Sunday. I mean. I, I, for their sake, I hope they, they, they had a lot of people watching Sunday night football and, and not watching that game. I watched basically that entire game and it just seemed like they had no momentum crowd. Wasn't really behind them that much. Uh, they had one hit from Pete Alonzo. He had one hit uh, from the batter's box. Also had one hit when he was elbowing dudes in the back and on first base, but just give me your, give me your thoughts on, uh, on their performance. Just, I mean, just to cap off a hundred win season with that uh, piss poor of an effort is a little bit shocking from my point of view. 
Yeah, man. I, I, I'm just one of those believers that the Mets are like one of the biggest choke artists around. So it didn't like absolutely shell shock me. I mean, it, it more shell shocked me that Scherzer got lit up like that. That did, I did not expect, um, you know, to be, to be frank with you, but uh, yeah, I, I mean the Mets, the, the lineup like on paper is, is decent. I wouldn't say it's like intimidating by any, by any stretch of the imagination, you know, they have their guys like obviously Pete Alonzo lead, leading the charge. Lindor is a good player. Like Marte's a good player, but like, if you look at the Padres lineup, like one through nine, like, Soto, Machado, Josh Bell, um, you know, Trent Grisha, like there's just a ton of guys that can get on base like at all times where it's the Mets, you can kind of like navigate through that lineup. And I think they're more based on their pitching, uh, which usually like I'm a, I'm a fan of like, you know, build a team through pitching, but uh, it, obviously just the Mets use like, you know, what, one, two, three, like seven pitchers yesterday just to get through that, that game. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're throwing like the kitchen sink at the Padres at that point because you're you're losing throughout the game, and you know this is a win or go home type of situation. But I just thought Bassett wasn't very good. I mean, you, like you said, give credit to the Padres lineup, um, but he Bassett just wasn't good enough. Um, obviously, and and the Mets having one hit isn't going to help either. It's just like Pete Alonso. I you know he he that guy can you know kiss my ass upside. <laughs> he, he he's just. Open invitation. He, he he's just uh, one of those guys. Like I remember, he won the home run derby, and he he just gloats and gloats and gloats how great of a hitter he is, and this, that, and the third. And, and yeah, he was the only one with a hit, but uh, that hit didn't didn't count for anything. And then to elbow, uh, you know, Profar in the back, which like you know, no one talks about Profar, so obviously I don't think he's a he's a dirty player or, or you know, probably not even a bad guy. Uh, just classless, man. Pete Alonso is a douchebag. Uh, always will be in my book. So uh, kind of happy to see the Mets go home early. I, I could care less about the Mets. Uh, I do like Buck, obviously, but it, it's just. Oh, yeah, your boy. It's I don't know, man. It's hard to. And now they're they're kind of turning into like, you know, if they continue to spend money like they are, they're going to be the Dodgers of the of the East Coast uh, with that that new ownership group. So uh, good riddance to the Mets. I. I I have no problem with the Padres moving on. I, I do think they end up losing to ground to uh, uh, some other team, which would be hilarious. But uh, yeah, the obviously the Padres go and play the Dodgers uh, who have who've had their number. Um, I, I believe the Dodgers are 14 and five against the Padres this year, but this seems hot um, and, and no one beats hot in the playoffs. So that, that should be an exciting series to say the least, but take us to uh, St. Louis. Aaron and uh what do we have to say about our, our guy Albert Pujols oh Albert Pujols man it's it's uh not the end that I think obviously he wanted or I didn't really expect I thought that the Cardinals would go on a, it's at least a little bit of a joy ride throughout the postseason um but yeah the Phillies just came in and and mowed them down that that game on Friday I, I don't know if you caught any of that it was a early afternoon it was like a 2 30 start I was kind of catching bits and pieces of it that ninth inning uh, was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Gene Segura just sliding one through the infield uh, to take the lead after just crazy at bats, like deep in the count, walks, you know, hits that type of. Thing. It was just insane. Everything was falling the Phillies' way, um, and obviously opposite for for St. Louis there. Um, you know, we, Zach Wheeler, one of the best pitchers in the NL, if not in the in the league right now, just mowing them down. And then Aaron Nola uh, coming back. So, yeah, Philly, Philly's just, you know, well-oiled machine this weekend. I don't know if they get past the Braves, 
that's going to be like really the, the biggest challenge. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, they just, they out muscled the, the St. Louis Cardinals who on paper probably, uh, you know, they don't have the lineup that the Phillies do, but they're just such a well-run organization and, and they don't like make errors and, and this, that, and the third. They, I don't know. They just came up small, which, which shocked me, but yeah, Pujols, I can't really say anything bad about him. He, he's uh, one of the best players, uh, you know, of our generation, one of the best players of all time and, and just a, a class, a class A dude. So um, yeah, kind of, kind of sucks the way he's going out, but a, a great career nevertheless. I really hope uh, Joe Girardi gets a ring. If the Phillies end up winning the world series, that's all I really hope <laughs> from Philly. But like you said, will be a great divisional matchup between the Phillies and the Braves. Um, Another divisional matchup that I wanted to avoid was the Yankees playing the Rays, and thankfully Cleveland uh, made me a happy Yankee fan. Uh, For some reason, the Rays always have our numbers, so I'm certainly happy to wax Cleveland uh, seven ways to Sunday. But uh, that was an interesting series. I I, I mean, the Rays, like – we talked about this last week. I, I picked the Rays like that really have not much of a problem against the Indians, but um, I just, I mean, the Rays couldn't really get their, their bats going. They are um, kind of a team that plays that small ball uh, kind of tic-tac kind of inches their way towards overpowering you. They're not going to hit a million home runs, but they do have guys that, that can do that and typically do hit Tommy home runs when, when that happens. So, I, I mean, I, that's, that's out of all, you know, the wild card weekend series, I would say this one was the least exciting, but um, more so just, I think, because of the amount of control uh, that Cleveland had over the series and um, as much as their team name, I think it it stinks. Um, I do think they have a, a good team. And Shane Bieber was lights out um, in that first game. And for whatever reason, the Yankees have always had his number. Um, and he's obviously been phenomenal against most of the league and has had a great career thus far. But I hope hopefully that continues because – um, when this guy's on, uh, there's not many people that can overpower him and, and beat him. But um, all in all, I think it was an impressive weekend, a um, couple games from uh, Cleveland, and uh, should be a good one with the Yankees. I think um, Yankees, you know, probably favor, rightfully so, just considering the offense. But um, I, I don't think Cleveland is, you know, in all seriousness, that far behind. Yeah, man. I, I you know, going into this, uh, Cleveland does have the best bullpen remaining as far as by stats um obviously what's that said love the research uh the research department coming in clutch tonight about damn time a couple bad absolutely terrible weeks of of, you know cluing us in on anything for that matter but (laughs) (laughs) no uh (laughs) yeah cleveland cleveland you know i think poses at least somewhat of a threat i like you said i I, i'd be kind of shocked if they'd pull off you know the series win but I do think they win a game or two uh you know I think you know if Bieber is on his game and he is able to navigate through that lineup he could you know he could mow him down you know at at his best but uh obviously you know you guys have a nasty Nestor you know Garrett Nestor baby the um I hope they start him game one I'm dead serious I uh, I think it's gonna be cold man I'd be shocked if it it will be but I want yeah (laughs) Right. No, I think uh, Cleveland just, I don't know. They, they played the Rays, not that the Rays have the most talented lineup in the league, far from it, but um, yeah. you know, they just, they, they they're good in. though. They, yeah, they're, they, they're just, they're, uh, they're kind of like a gnat just flying in your, your ear. They just, they're annoying. The Rays are, they just don't go away easily usually. 
if ever. And they, they didn't this series either. Like, you know, Cleveland goes the 15 innings and walks it off. Like, I, I just think this, this Cleveland team is obviously managed by Terry Francona. I think one of the better managers in this, in this league He yeah. just knows, knows how to pull, you know, push the right buttons. And uh, yeah, I, I think they put up a fight in this series. They probably don't win the series, but uh, you know, Garrett Cole can either be Garrett Cole or Jerry Cole. He, he's, he's Jekyll and Hyde too. So uh, you know, it'll most be strikeouts or most home runs. <laughs> Dude, it's either six runs. Both. Dude, it's either six runs in the first inning or he, no one's hitting him all game. So it's, We'll see, man. It, it, it'll be interesting. It's going to get more and more interesting as we go on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad not to touch too much on the Yankees, but it's it's been good they've had this week off. And, it's, you know, guys like Judge, and, and Judge has basically played every game, just obviously trying to get that home run record for – I think he played like 52 straight games at one point or whatever it was. So excited for him to get the rest. DJ LeMahieu was hurt. Excited for him to get the rest. Chapman – or not Chapman, excuse me, uh, Carpenter – coming back he he fractured his foot um in september so or late august so um getting him back finally um would definitely help the lineup hopefully he can dh for us a little bit and um yeah they've just been playing they've been playing some good baseball obviously so i just i think i think the rest was needed um but i also hope the momentum can continue because nestor was absolutely lights out in his last start cole struggled a little bit i mean bullpen's been been playing well they're somewhat healthy now so um, I think that'll be a good series and hopefully they can take it to him at Yankee stadium first, because I think that'll be important in winning at home. And there's a lot of pressure on them this year for sure. I mean, they started off massively hot, kind of cooled down a little bit, but then finished really strong too. So um, definitely as much pressure on them since probably like, you know, 2017 when they went to the LSTS that year. So it's a big one for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. hundred percent. Everything you touched on. I mean, I think, um, it's going to take more than the New York Aaron judges to win uh, as he's carried. Huh. So, so far, you know, so he's carried him so well and so far this year, but um, yeah, it, it, it's, it'll, I think it'll be a, a very good series. I, I just have that, 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 that feeling that it's just not going to be a runaway either way. So. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and what was uh, supposed to be a runaway from the blue Jays up uh, eight to one. That game over the weekend, uh, the Mariners um, stormed back. The first time they've been in the playoffs since, you know, basically 20 years, 21 years, I, I believe it's been. Um, they come back from 8-1, to one, like I said, horrific uh, injury with uh, George Springer and, and Bo Bichette colliding. And in the midst of that 8-1 to one, uh, comeback, they end up winning that game 9-8 and, and take the series. But uh, feel good for, for obviously Seattle fans in general. They've been going through it a little bit with Russell Wilson departing. So good to have another, uh, I mean, I guess they have Geno Smith playing like a top five quarterback, so maybe not, but uh, <laughs> to baseball, I think it's, it's just obviously good to see a franchise who hasn't been there in a minute um, to obviously do some damage in the playoffs when it matters and advance to the next round. I think that Blue Jays team, like, you know, Mano, uh, Manoa, uh, like Bichette, obviously, like Guerrero, you know, they, they have great young talent. You touched on this at length last week, Aaron. I think their time is going to come. Um, I, I had my money on on the Jays. Uh, maybe it's my AL East bias. I had the Rays and Jays winning their respective series. It's probably just me not knowing the Guardians and Mariners too much. But um, I think both of those teams are – up there with um, just the upper echelon of, of talent on any given night of 
of the MLB, in my opinion. I know some people disagree with that, but I just think those teams can win on any given night. And um, but just, I mean, true testament. I mean, the Mariners have come back all year. Like having Castillo as your as your one guy as your number one is great. Um, and I think they just have a lot of they have like just good vibes. I wouldn't say they have like an immense talent pool, but just good vibes around them. I think that's what you need, you know, especially this time of year in the playoffs. Yeah, man, I, I got to say you, you hit the nail on the head on that. Uh, Castillo was like the signing, in my opinion, at the at the all-star break. Or, uh, sorry, at the uh, at the trade deadline. I'm sorry. But yeah, he is that guy is just a, a killer. Uh, he can pitch in big games. Obviously, he's proven that he was lights out on the Reds. And obviously, the Seattle going and getting him was was huge. I, I love that move for them. Uh, you know, in the in the game, he he pitched it was seven and Seven and one third, only six hits, five Ks, no walks, no runs. Like he, he's just, he lit them up, uh, up and down the lineup, no problem at all. Um, I think, uh, once again, you're you're spot on with the the vibes. I, I think that Seattle team is rallies around each other, like they just play as a team. Where I mean, I'm not gonna say the Blue Jays don't, but I think the Blue Jays are are kind of like they have a bunch of stars on their team. Like they're the flashy team, where where Seattle's kind of like the rough around the edges team. Uh, that that Seattle just kind of finds a way to to scrap together wins. I mean, when you're down eight to one in a playoff game and you you find a way to win, that there's just something to be said for that. I I thought they were dead in the water in that game in particular, and 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 they just you know continue to prove me wrong. They're kind of on this you know Cinderella run right now, but you never know. They might uh they might continue this, and, and you know they hate the Astros, so that'll be uh that'll be a great series as well going forward. Love it. Yeah, I just figured it was under a minute, so you could probably just pause it. Yeah, yeah. I saw sorry, man. I just saw No, sorry. you're good. I texted you. I thought about it too late. But it was a, it was just a good great place. <laughs> great points and great place to end, I figured. Yeah, let me get shoot now. I got this stupid I had like stats and Well, that's well said, my friend. Aaron's our our baseball guy on this podcast. That's why we love him. That's why we Keep bringing them back to cash those <laughs> checks every week. But before we depart baseball, give me your overall thoughts, Aaron, on just this three-game wildcard weekend setup, if you will, and then let's let's dive into some picks. I want I want to hear your thoughts on who you think is going to win these series. Yeah, I man, I think the three-game setup it, it, that kicks ass. I, I I didn't like the one-game setup from before. That, that's just too do or die, you know type of deal I, I think three games is that perfect sweet spot they have it at so it's you know just win two out of three whoever's the better team t- you know two out of three games advances I have no problem with it I, I like it a lot in my opinion I'm with you um I think any anything can happen in a one game baseball game more than any other sport I think I think uh a lot of it's who's on that day who's off I think like I said just a lot can happen and you kind of get I mean Sometimes it's just like you get those built in, like, you know, who would have thought that there was that much animosity between the Padres and Mets? Like, definitely not me, um, especially with Buck trying to, you know, basically pat this guy down for a strip search. Um, so that, I mean, just the, that that whole saga wouldn't have obviously happened if it was one game. And um, I, I, I kind of like it being at one park too. I think that's pretty cool. Definitely an advantage for the first wildcard team, but. Overall, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, like you said. Um, let's get into these series. I think we'll go, let's go AL first. Um, oh, doinked it in. Sky for the K 
Kansas City just doing an extra point. Love it. Uh, Yankees, Guardians, Aaron, who you got? Yankees, Guardians. I, I, ah, man, part of me tell you know, part of my gut tells me the Guardians pull us out, but it's going to be hard for me to, to pick against the Yankees. So uh, I'll, I'll go Yankees here. I love it. I also obviously have the Yankees. I think Aaron Judge is going to surpass 80 home runs in this series. <laughs> um, Eric Cole is going to pitch a gem, and uh, Eroldis Chapman is off the team. So already great vibes going into it. We haven't played a game yet, but uh, Yankees, Yankees win big, obviously. Um, Astros, Mariners, Aaron, who do you like? Dude, all these series, I'll, I'll say this quick, all these series, like, I feel could go the other way. Like, oh, in yeah. years in years past, I, I've I've thought, like, oh, no way to the, let's just say the Guardians beat the Yankees, or no way does Seattle beat the Astros. I mean, I've seen the Astros at times this year. I mean, I know they, they have a hell of a record, and it's a long, long season, but I think the Astros are beatable, um, just like the Yankees. I, I don't think there's, like, a pure front runner. Maybe the Dodgers, just because of how absolutely stacked they are. But um man i'm i'm gonna say astros but i would not be shocked if if seattle puts up a hell of a fight here as well yeah for those reasons i i agree i i, I like the astros in game one that you know, verlander's going i think they take that one but i agree that's it's not they're not the astros of a couple years ago i mean obviously they still have some great players i i, I think they are vulnerable um now i'm gonna I'm going to take Seattle uh, to take it in the last game. I'm going to take Seattle here. Seattle, there you go. I like that. I like that pick. I, I, I have to. I, I mean, not biased. I just, I just, <laughs> they got good vibes. Can't, can't mess with good vibes. You know that. You can't. They're, they're nothing better than good vibes. Nothing. <laughs> um, all right. Pa- Padres, Padres, Dodgers. What are we thinking? I think <sighs> Dodgers have, you know, as much of a, as much as a juggernaut they are, they they have come up short before, you know, ever since this dynasty really started. Um, so I'm not discrediting the, the Padres here. I do think the Dodgers find a way. I know – I think this is Kershaw's last year too. It seems like everybody's last year is this year for whatever reason. But um, I do think the Dodgers ride, ride the momentum. I think Kershaw pitches lights out. And I just think the Dodgers are still just far in it. You know, head and shoulders better than the Padres, uh, just based on the, the amount of talent and and obviously the money is is insane for the Dodgers. So Dodgers have every reason to win this series, but Padres are that are that team that you don't want to really play right now. I I do feel you. You definitely don't want to play them. Um, I think in terms of talent, the Padres have done everything they've can to keep pace in that arms race, so to speak. Like. I, it, you know, from all the deadline acquisitions they've had over the past couple of years, and especially this year, um, I, I, I do think that the Padres take this. Um, I, I think it'll be close. Uh, I think for similar reasons, I took Seattle, like good vibes around, you know, this team in general. Um, I, I, it took a little, I mean, Bob Melvin was saying that it, it took a little bit for this team to gel and, and mesh. And I think they finally, finally started to do that. So I, I think that, even even taking down the Mets gave them a ton of confidence, even though they were clearly the better team, despite facing two. I think them facing Scherzer and DeGrom helped them tremendously because it just probably boosted their confidence by 10x. Um, so for that reason, I feel like I'm on Shark Tank. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in on the Padres. <laughs> Guys, a, a full-time investor in the Padres. I, I like that, though. I, 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 Like I said, I could see any of these series going the opposite way. I really, really could. So um, not, not a bad idea at all there. All right, let's cap it off with uh, the Phils and uh, the Braves. What are we thinking there? Now, see, I'm I'm going to flip the coin on this one. I think the Phillies find a way to win this series. It's going to be uh, a hell of a, of a fight. It's going to be, you know, the, the, the cards are stacked against the Phillies in this one. Uh, but I, I just don't love the idea of back-to-backs or, or like, you know, a World Series team. Right. Uh, you know, going the whole way or, or making a run, I think. Um, uh, I do think the Phillies find a way with Nola, with um, – <laughs> Zach Wheeler, um, Ranger Suarez does enough. I mean, I know they got they got Max Fried, uh, Charlie Morton, and the boys in in Atlanta. That's a hell of a team. But I I just think the Phillies are on a little bit of a magical run, similar to the Mariners. Um, but I, I think the Phillies win the series. I'll give it to you. I, I love it. Um, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. I think I think the clock has struck midnight on this Phillies team. I don't think the Braves are going to go back to the World Series. Um, I think the winner of Padres Dodgers does for the NL, um, obviously, but um, I, I do think that the Braves uh, just their last month, month and a half of the season has been incredible. Um, they basically tracked down the Mets, had them in their sights and uh, ended up obviously surpassing them. And um, I just think the Phillies have put up a good fight. I'll, I'll give them a game, but um, I do think, I do think the Braves are going to be a little bit too much for them. Unfortunately, I love to see, so I feel like Philly is kind of fun, you know, um, unless they're playing a New York team, like they're kind of fun. So um, I, I do like that team. I just think that um, in this, in this sense, I'll, I'll take the Braves. I see, I see why, man, I, I'm, I could be totally off on that one, but I, I picking three, picking uh, upsets. I, I love to see it. And uh, you know, I hope, I hope your picks come true because that would that would make it even an interesting playoffs. <laughs> I love it. Alrighty, um, yeah, love some, love some good baseball, Jelly. Like I said we'll see how these series unfold um, over this next week, and then um, by the time we record next week, I think we'll have a pretty good handle on who's going to advance. Maybe by then, a team or two will advance, depending on the kind of time and when we get this out to the people. Um, but yeah, like I said, nothing. I mean, playoff baseball this time of year, fall weather. We know it's football weather, but still got to finish up these uh, baseball playoffs before we can fully turn the page to football. Um, so very much excited for it. I know we had some inclement weather coming in New York this week. Hopefully it holds out. We get some good weather for at least Yankees, Guardians, and um, the rest of the series as well. I think it will be great nonetheless, but very much looking forward to it. Yeah, th- this year I think it's going to offer a lot more ex- excitement than even past years. I, I just – I love this postseason so far. I hope it continues to, you know, to be dramatic. Hundred um, percent. All right. So to, to the gridiron. Um, Aaron is five and zero. Aaron's five and zero. His team's five and zero. It's crazy. Uh, Jalen Hurts is uh, basically Joe Montana. Uh, Dallas Goddard's basically Dallas Clark. Uh, AJ Brown's basically Jerry Rice, and uh, Jonathan Gannon is basically uh, Vince Lombardi. So. Uh, this team wins a squeaker over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. The Jets are three and two. We enjoy victory Monday for the third time together this season, which obviously has never happened over the history of this podcast. May not happen ever again. Um, hopefully it does, but may not. 
uh, and just a lot of crazy storylines coming out of uh, this week five, Aaron. But uh, do we do we start in uh, the dumpster, so to speak, with some of these teams that are absolutely going through right now? No, no better time than the present to be negative. You know what I mean? No better time to, than to be negative. <laughs> All right, well, uh, boy genius down there in, in Carolina, Matty <laughs> Rule, uh, one-time Temple. Uh, what's the, what's Temple's mascot? Temple Owl. Temple, Temple Owl. Owl. I don't know. I was saying night. One one time Temple Owl, one time Baylor Bear. Uh, thought to be at one point the Jets coach. We hired Adam Gase. Great move looking back. One time <laughs> thought to be. The Giants head coach, they hired Joe Judge instead. Great move looking back. Uh, he, he was not either of those teams' coaches. Obviously, he got hired in the year of 2020 to a seven-year deal. Uh, he was just fired this morning, as you're hearing this podcast. It'd probably be the next day or the day after. Uh, he now is owed $48 million um, for the rest of his contract, and we'll get paid that since it's guaranteed. Aaron, my question to you first is, would you get paid $48 million to not coach a football team? Dude, it, it, sometimes you got to think, like, it's just – it's fucking crazy, man. Like, it, there's no other way to put it. Like, $48 million to just, like, basically suck at your job. Like, in no – you know, you can't show up and to a normal workplace and suck at your job and get paid even a quarter of that to be great at your job. So – uh hell yeah i would i would take that all day seven like you say seven days a week and twice on sundays i love it um they i mean it's crazy baker mayfield has his sixth head coach sam darnold uh has his fifth head coach um this team is has one win on the season uh is an, an absolute dumpster fire to say the least steve wilkes who uh was famously the cardinals coach for a season when they had josh rosen he now coaches their um, defensive action is their passing game coordinator. He is now uh, the interim head coach. Um, I, I don't know if this, I mean, I, I probably would fire both him and the GM. I, I mean, the GM gave the Jets three picks for Sam Darnold, which was crazy and just made a lot of just insane moves in my opinion. And I think the best this team can hope for the best guys like Christian McCaffrey or, you know, DJ Moore guys who actually have legit talent on this team is to hope they get either get traded um, or they, you know, pick high in the draft next year so they can uh, get a first round pick or one of those court, whether it's, you know, Bryce Young, um, Stroud, uh, one of those quarterbacks um, at the top of the draft to really turn this franchise around. But um, in terms of rule, a guy that was like basically considered a program changer, and he definitely was, you know, in the college ranks, and he'll probably end up back at like Nebraska or some shit. But um, I think a guy that, that came in and just thought that, he might have been smarter than he originally thought or just not given enough credit to like learning the way of, of the NFL and the, how the league operates and, and kind of the personnel behind it all. Um, and probably was a little bit too confident, obviously never figure out the quarterback situation started with Teddy Bridgewater and, and, you know, it's his quarterback, Joe Brady is his offensive coordinator, basically fired Joe Brady for uh, a guy who's 10 times worse at his job than Ben McAdoo. <laughs> um, and then inexplicably went with Sam Darnold. Obviously, they were going to win the Super Bowl last year after a three and zero start after beating the Jets, Giants, and Texans, which I could have told you that wasn't going to last. And then this year, uh, giving a vote of confidence to Sam Darnold by bringing in Baker Mayfield, and now <laughs> Baker Mayfield uh, gets the ball batted down seventy five times a game. So 
Um, obviously, we knew it wasn't going to last. And David Tepper, who's our owner, billionaire um, guy, doesn't have a lot of patience. So, um, I, I mean, I, I was kind of shocked. They, I, I loved your thoughts on this. I was kind of shocked they only waited four. Like they waited. I was shocked they did it after only four games. I thought they would have at least given him like half a season. But I guess you know, you kind of knew he was a sitting duck anyway, just based off their start thus far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Matt Rule, man. I only say that because he went to Penn State, so I got to pay homage. But we are guy sucks, man. I, I, you know, what I mean, I, I just, I don't think he's. Maybe you know, maybe he can be be a coordinator. Uh, I know he's an offensive mind. Uh, I don't think anybody's ever called him an offensive genius. Uh, but uh, he he's been around the block, man. Like if you look at his coaching uh, career, like he'll he's. He was at Albright for a year, Buffalo for a year, UCLA for a year, Western Albright. Carolina. <laughs> Dude, just yeah, right. Uh, Reading, Pennsylvania's finest, Albright College. There you go. No I one mean, knows what that is except for Andrew and I. Yeah, no, no one outside of, of you know the seven one seven or the six one zero knows where that's at. But yeah, man, he, he like the list goes on and on. Like he was at Temple for three years, Baylor for two, and now he only survived two years at Carolina. That's just like a a red flag to me as far as like if I'm bringing in a head coach um that he just bounces around every two years like he's never been anywhere for more than two years that's that's problematic in its own right uh family must hate him yeah right i'm sure he is i'm not gonna say i'm sure he has kids but you know if he does have he he does yeah i think yeah it's it's i mean they've probably been to every every fucking school you didn't know to man but uh yeah man i i to get back to your question sorry for the the round you're good uh but yeah, I am shocked at the timing, um, for sure. I mean, I I've totally forgot they signed him to a, a seven year deal. I, I, uh, you know, he's been nothing but a kind of a disappointing, you know, the, the results. Now, whether you blame that on the general manager or the ownership, like I wouldn't say this is the most talented roster. I think Pro Football Focus said they're like the worst roster coming into this year. Love um, it. But yeah, dude, I, I, I. 100% agree with you if you're DJ Moore, especially McCaffrey. I think he's like been ruined by this franchise. Not not that, you know, injuries are a problem for the franchise, but like he he just deserves to be on a better team cuz he's a he's a great player. Um and yeah, Carolina this, this is about as bad as Carolina's been like, you know, in my lifetime. I remember they they were, you know, not an elite franchise, I would say, but they were always like competitive. They were always respectable, right. I would say. And they're just playing out bad. And and Baker, unfortunately, I mean Baker's running for his life in a lot of these games I've seen. But at the same time, he is not, he's not making the best throws either. I I can't really defend him at this point too too much. Dude, not not to get off topic, but I saw today that the Bills were inquiring about trading for Christian McCaffrey. Um, oh. How I mean, how unfair would that be? I feel, I mean, I feel like it's everyone. Dave, everyone. David Stern. Um, tried, <laughs> vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers so he got traded to the Clippers I feel like I feel like Roger Goodell would veto that trade and give him to like you know the Chargers or some shit yeah I mean obviously not the Chargers but some team like that 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 would be bullshit I mean the I know the Rams are kind of doing the same thing like the Rams Bills are I would say going in the hardest but you can't I don't know not not to say you can't veto trades but that that like you said that's a little unfair I would say I mean if you put them on a team like the Ravens or, you know, a better than a better than average team, that's fine. But you already 
you already have a mountain built there in Buffalo and you, you get that as well. That's just, I don't know that, 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 that would suck for the league. I would say. hundred percent. We, we killed, we killed the Panthers enough, but um, <laughs> if you had to put your money on the next, just pick, give me maybe one or two coaches like that you think will get the boot next and maybe give a prediction, whether it's going to be in season or wait till after, after, after the season ends. Man, you got to throw me, throw me some team. Let me, let me look at the, yeah, I'll give you a Colts. I give you the commanders. Mm. I give you the Texans. Uh, I give you the lions. I. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a great start. That's a great start. I, I think of those teams that you just mentioned, um, I think the commanders stick with Ron Rivera one more year. Wow. I think somehow he escapes the ax. Um, I just think this Carson Wentz survived another year. <laughs> no, no. See, he he's, it's crazy, man. What a fall from, from great. I, like I told you at the beginning of the year, I couldn't be more wrong. I, I was fearing that guy coming in. He, he will get to that. I think in a little bit here, he, he looks like dog shit though. I mean, he, he's that's bad. Just playing out. Just not the guy. Uh, he's just a train wreck. I don't think, uh, I don't think the Texans do. I, I think that's like not a, terrible football team i mean they're not good in any estimation but davis mills is your quarterback i think lovey smith knows how to how to get a team at least somewhat put together um so i I don't think he's deserving of being fired i think the one that gets a boot is uh the former eagles offensive coordinator frank reich in indianapolis i think his time is his his seat couldn't be more hot i think outside of matt rule like he is he's toast after this year if not a wagon no i yeah i mean it's because i yeah you could argue that all these teams are mentioning like needs a quarterback and it's like a wonder why they're getting fired i mean i kind of want to get into the ron rivera stuff now because i was like i want i want you to get into the comment that he said today about carson wentz and the kind of the state of like where they're at in the division but um frank reich chris boward in, in indianapolis cannot figure out the quarterback position uh, Lovey Smith, uh, Davis Mills, I think is a great, probably would be like one of the best backups in the league. I, I just don't see him as a starter. Um, I know that team like personnel wise has like a, a couple of years to go and um, they have some guy like Damian Pierce looks great. He's probably in the running with, with uh, Brees Hall to be like offensive rookie of the year with like a lave maybe, but, um, and they have, you know, Cooks is obviously pretty good. Um, I just think that they need more playmakers. Um and you could probably say the same thing about like a Fields or like a Lawrence or like a Wilson. We don't know yet, but um, in my mind, if they're up at the top of the draft, you, I mean, we, we talked about this like a minute ago, but you probably got to take a swing at one of those top end quarterbacks because you don't know when you're going to be swinging there again, so to speak. But um, just to jump back to the Ron Rivera stuff, and I want to get into because in my mind, like the Broncos, I know Nathaniel Hackett's in his first year. Um, but he's, he's gotta be on at least this list, probably lower on this hot seat list, so to speak, but he at least has got to be in consideration to be on this list just based off of the, uh, bonehead moves that they've gone through. And, uh, I mean, they basically showed out $250 million for Russell Wilson to play like a bottom 10 quarterback, but in terms of Ron Rivera, like just absolutely yard selling his quarterback would love for you to get into that quote and your thoughts on it. Dude, it, it <laughs> this was one of the teams like man maybe I'm I'm just delusional or something's going on but 
Uh, I thought the Broncos, I mean, you know, granted we are only five weeks in, but um, yeah, the Broncos are, are just not looking good. Uh, you know, mismanagement of the clock, you name it. You name any coaching mistake, I think this guy's made it already. Uh, not impressive, to say the least. I think Mike McDaniel is the, the complete opposite complete opposite of that in, in uh, Miami. Uh, yeah, dude, Broncos kind of suck. Uh, and, and Russell Wilson just, uh, to me, like you can be a bad coach and, and you know, some good players will kind of hide that or disguise that by making plays. Like Russell Wilson just hasn't made enough plays. And it's just, yeah. it's like mind blowing to me. It's like, I'm not going to say like, there are some people out there that are like, you know, Pete Carroll was right all along this, that, and the third, like Seattle or, or uh, Russell put that team on his back probably the last three or four years. I think the guy's been hit 8 million times uh, too many times to be, fr- you know, to be honest with you. So I don't know if it's that catching up with him. He, he just doesn't, he just doesn't have that like pin. He used to be like super accurate. I just don't so far. He just hasn't been. And it's like, it's unfortunate. I really do root for that guy. I've, I've always liked Russell Wilson, uh, you know, through and through, but it, it, you can't, once again, like I like Baker Mayfield, but if they're playing like shit, you can't really defend that. So, right. No, I mean, yeah, I think um, he's he's lost a, a step in terms of like his elusiveness. Um, I think he's also been playing hurt, which, like to me, I you know you might want to like. I know it's week four, week five, but um, they're saying he's got. I think it's a um, a labrum or like a rotator cuff, like kind of around there type type issue for him. So. Um, like to me, in my mind, even if you have to sit him out a couple of weeks, like is that the worst thing in the world? Probably not. I think you're you probably want to play the long game. Um, you know that that's a tough division. We're watching the Chiefs here. They just took the leads crazy. They're up three one now. Like the Chargers just won, so they're digging themselves a hole like continually in that in that AFC West. So, um, like in my mind, like you got to if you're Nathaniel Hackett, like and I know he's probably sold on a lot of those playmakers that are there. Um, you know, with guys like Judy and, and Sutton and Javante Williams is now out for the season, but like play like playmakers. And I know you have Russell Wilson who, you know, let Russ cook and all this stuff, but he is not cooking at all. And maybe some of that's play calling. Like, I don't, I'm not sure, but um, I will say that the Jets go there in a couple of weeks. Um, and I am, I was more nervous about this Dolphins game than I will be about this Broncos game, which is crazy because I knew that, um, you know, the Dolphins are already playing with the, with the second stringer and ended up playing with the third stringer. So I think that's just the state of the Broncos as is, which is like crazy. This is the dialogue, you know, five weeks into the season. Yeah. But yeah, a hundred percent. Not, not to beat a dead horse. It's just like, they, they are a disappointment. I will say that like they either get it together in the next couple of weeks or like, I don't know. I, the Broncos fans, like, you know, I, I don't know much about that that fan base as a whole. I, I'm I'm sure they're a great fan base. They seem to be, but they were uh, they were booing pretty loudly in that in that game against the Colts, which I haven't really heard before, at least from my uh, memory. Uh, and and dude, Matt Ryan. Speaking of that game, like Matt Ryan sucks ass. I'll He's in it. You got to put him in an old folks home. <laughs> dude, he is. You got to put him on a stretcher. He's a true. I'll take Joe Flacco over Matt Ryan right now, any day. So any- would I, dude. I'll, I I would take. There's probably you know starters and backups include like what thirty two teams, thirty two starters, thirty two backups. 
There's probably 50 guys I would take over Matt Ryan. <laughs> I'd not even shit. I'd go through the list. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'm not even shitting. <laughs> 50 guys I would take over Matt Ryan. I'll take I'll take Gardner Minshew too. I'll, any day. Who's the Eagle? Who's the Eagle third string quarterback? I don't. To be honest with you, I don't. I'll even take know him. I'll take him. <laughs> I'll take I'll Mike take, White. Mike I was gonna White. say I'll take I'll take Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, and the Jets four stringer over Matt Ryan. I'll I'll take a rotating like you play Zach Wilson for a drive, Flacco for a drive, like, <laughs> like you, you know a quarterback carousel like some kind of like team stri- I'll I'll do that before I put it's like, that. It's like Rutgers plays like the the three they do like one one quarterback goes in for like one play. And if they want to run the ball, like the running quarterback comes in, it's crazy. <laughs> Dude, um, he he's bad though. He he, he should have retired. He's another guy that I I do give him a little bit of grief because he got sacked like eight million times on the Falcons. But dude, he yeah. he is sucks. He he sucks. I don't he's know. a guy that like just it's almost just like one of those guys that like never had mobility, and then as he's getting like the arm strength is like leaving him and obviously like losing his step and it's just like not pretty like seeing he's got to retire I feel like after this year uh dude it's 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 now or I'm not gonna say it's now or never but it should be now like it it just just hang it up man like just he's gonna get Frank Reich fired like Frank Reich put it you know stuck his leg out for Carson Wentz Carson Wentz shits the bed for him like now they bring in Matt Ryan I don't know who's you know maybe it was the ownership group that was like, all right, this guy's had success. You know, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's had playoff success, like unlike Wentz uh, with those things. But they they need to figure it out because ever since Andrew Locke, like they haven't they haven't had a, a a stable quarterback. You know, since I, I will say this, um, I think they're going to get fired. That staff, Boward and Reich, Frank Reich, my friend, um, open invitation for you to. Be- become the next quarterbacks coach in the York Jets. Open yeah. invite. Yeah, Open I think – I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Like, I, you know, it's easy. It probably isn't his fault. But I, I feel like what's – Ursay is just like – Yeah, yeah. He's one of the psycho owners that just needs results. And he's, he's he can probably claim that, you know, Andrew Luck retired in, what, 2018? It's been four years. You had Brissett. You had um, Rivers – Wentz and now Ryan and none of the four of those guys worked out and the one guy that did Rivers ended up retiring because he was like 40 at the time um <laughs> I like I mean because you at this point like you're not going to be in the top 10 probably like you're just going to continue to probably go like nine and eight you know call it seven and whatever but um you're not going to be up at the top to draft those quarterbacks so you're taking uh potentially like a 15th overall pick swing or like a second round swing or a third round swing on a guy that you have no idea rather than like a proven talent, proven commodity, not, not that they're proven at the top of the draft, but you have more faith in them than you do someone like in the second, third, fourth round. So they're just putting themselves in like continual purgatory. Yeah, man. It's, it's to say, to say it hasn't worked out as an understatement. Cause like, you know, you have Jonathan Taylor who, he hasn't had a good year, but that that O line has taken a, a a step back as well. Like I don't really understand. Oh, yeah. why. they're brutal. Their left tackle, I know who it is. He was an absolute turnstile during that Thursday night. <laughs> um, yeah, but but man, like this whole like you said, this, this quarterback like carousel they've been on since since Locke. Like it just 
Like Philip Rivers was probably your the best of the three, but yeah. even even him, like you know, he's forty basically throwing sidearm fifteen right. yard passes. Like it's just like if they had a guy like you know, I'm not. This is an extreme example. If, if they would have landed like Herbert or somebody, one oh, of these yeah. years, like they they'd be a team to look out for. Like they know they're another team that that knows how to build a roster, but they just can't right. they can't get the quarterback right. It kind of reminds me of. Like the Jets back in the back in the day of of Sanchez, um, you know when when the Colts defense was better. I I, I think they've taken a step back a little bit, but they're on the field. Yeah, so yeah. they're on the field so much too. So it's it, it's just I don't know, man. It's one of those organizations like you don't want to blow the whole thing up, but it, it's like they can never they can never fully figure it out. And it's like I would be I'd be so frustrated if I was a Colts fan. Like it, it just sucks to see the way that it's gone the last you know five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, I think if you're Ursa, you need you need to go into the offseason with like a what what is plan A through Z to upgrade at the quarterback position. And if you're not satisfied with that as an owner, you need to you need to find someone else. And like I like I like like Ballard's a good like when he took over that team, the roster was not in a great spot. I think the rest of the roster, a couple holes, a couple injuries, they're away from being pretty pretty good. Like last year, they had a pretty good roster. Year before, they had a pretty good roster, and the only thing that was lacking was the quarterback position. So, in my mind, you need to you need to come in because at, at the end of the day, if you're not figuring out the quarterback position, then you don't even have a shot in hell at, at winning anything meaningful in this league. So, um, they, I, I just don't understand like these one year stopgap moves and why they think that they're going to continue to to work, but. You know, thank God it's not my team, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it's just worse than than like starting over. Like I'd rather yeah, just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, man. Like I know you you probably don't want like you said, it's probably Ursay just saying, like, look, we you know, if we just get the right guy in this building, you know, we'll figure it out, this, that, and the third, but obviously it hasn't it hasn't worked out whatsoever. And it's continuing to not work out and it's getting worse. Like, you know, you had Philip Rivers lead you to the playoffs, then you had Wentz miss the playoffs at the last week of the season. And now, I mean, what, they're one and four, two, two and three. I guess they're two and one, three. Three and one. I think they're tired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One and three and one. Yeah. So, I mean, not a great division. Obviously, maybe, the Titans. Two, two and one. I don't know. Fuck. Basically, the Colts, yeah. who gives a fuck about the Colts anyway? So. Um, exactly. But just, and we'll, I, we'll get off this topic in a sec, but just from like a team building perspective, like if you take a look at the Jets, just cause you know, we obviously know them better than most teams, like taking a swing at Darnold three overall, obviously didn't work out. Taking a swing at Zach Wilson, who knows? It might, it might work out. It might not, but I'd almost rather be in that position where you're, you're taking swings at, at top guys or, you know, you're going out and getting a top free agent rather than, than, you know, taking one of your stop gaps and you're finishing, you know, around 500 every year. And then, like I said, you're in kind of like purgatory or would you like to me, like, yes, you're competitive and you can probably sell more tickets and you can probably, you know, keep your job for the next couple of years, but wouldn't you rather like suffer a couple of wins uh, a year just to see if like a rookie's going to work out, you know? Uh, dude, I, I'm all about like, at some point you got to roll the dice. Like this, this whole, like we, you know, before we beat a dead horse about this, it's, it's like, if you don't take a risk ever and you're just like, 
you know, let's find our game manager. Like the NFL isn't really about finding a game manager anymore. I think right. the, only, the only team that can do it is probably the 49ers just because the, that defense is like unlike any other defense. Yeah, they're crazy. Think. So, yeah, man, like you can you can survive with a Jimmy G. I mean, even them, though, they haven't won a – they haven't I almost said a World Series. They haven't won a Super <laughs> Bowl. Uh, you know, they haven't won a Super Bowl. Um, they've been so close, but, you know, you can blame Kyle Shanahan for that one. But at, at the same time, like – um, you know, if Jimmy G does complete those those long passes in that game, they probably do beat the Chiefs that year. So I don't know, man. It, it's like you need it. You need a guy that, like, even if you point to a Zach Wilson, like you think that's the guy. Like you go forward with that guy. You don't just keep bringing in guys that have been like thrown around the league, like right, and expect it to work. Like you're even seeing it with Russell Wilson. Like he's you know been in the league so long, but now. He goes somewhere else and, and he just doesn't look the same. Like, I think you got to get younger. You got to go, you know, for, for somebody in the draft that you think, it, you know, the ceiling's high on. Cause I mean, they drafted Andrew Luck, like they didn't screw that right. up. So I don't know. It's a mess. I love it. That looks like we're about to get kicked again. Yep. Let me, uh, all right. We're sticking, sticking with the quarterback theme. Um, Let's get we'll get into uh Ron Rivera's comments about Carson Wentz. I'd love for you to break this down um for us, Aaron, and then we'll let's give our two cents on it. Um we can chat through Carson Wentz a little bit because uh this podcast, as we know, loves to talk about him. Um, you know, a little less Derek Carr talk this year as the Chiefs are now winning, but uh this season <laughs> as a whole, maybe we have been piling on uh Carson wants a little bit too much, but give us those comments from, from big Ron and uh, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the, the Carson Wentz experience continues now, obviously with the, uh, with the commanders, uh, Ron Rivera basically said the reason that we're not in the division race is quote unquote, our quarterback. Uh, so taking a direct <laughs> shot at his court. I don't know if that's the right move there, you know, Ron, but uh, I, I don't know what the right move is. So maybe it was sticking with Heineke or, or going somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, Carson Wentz is just not getting it done. He he looks, he's like regressing almost every year now. Um, 10 touchdowns, six picks, 62 completion percentage, just not great. Um, yeah, not the not the guy that, that they thought they were getting, I don't think. Uh, but he is fourth in yards. So the guy, he, you know, maybe he's a Kirk Cousins type of guy. He just throws for a million yards and they don't do anything. Huh. But, uh, yeah, he's got a 38 QBR. Like, holy hell, he's just shit in the bed. But, uh, you know, they lost to the Titans this past week. You know, 25 for 38. I mean, he threw for 359 uh, and a 75-yard 70 completion at one point. But. I don't know, man. He He's just not – it's, like, crazy. Like, he has – I swear the guy does have all the potential in the world. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that. He's 29 after all. But <laughs> uh, it just doesn't make sense, like, to me. Like, he – I don't know. Like, no one can figure him out. No one can fix the problems he's having with the, you know, decision-making and, and this, that, and third. And, and I'm sure it could be uh, – like, you touched on this off air, it, it, you know, his – his decision making, or I'm sorry, his uh, his ability to read a defense it, it, that might be his Achilles heel. Like that might be the reason he struggles, but um, it it just doesn't make sense. But then 
Ron Rivera also said, you know, we don't, we have no regrets trading for him. Uh, so yeah, I don't, they're just lost. It's, it's Washington after all. They, they just can't figure things out. It seems to be like ever. So um, yeah, I'd like, like to hear your take on, on Ron Rivera and, and Wentz himself. Yeah. Riverboat. Um, I, I just don't, I mean, if you can say that uh, the reason why teams in the division are doing better than you is because of the quarterback and you come back and say that you have no regrets uh, <laughs> that you made the trade for the guy, that makes zero sense to me. I think he's probably eating curl a little bit and trying to save some face because as soon as he walked back in the locker room after those comments, I highly doubt Carson Wentz was very happy um, with his coach and, I, you know, probably just – immediately demotivates him unmotivates him and you know makes him not want to play for you at, at that point but um yeah i, I mean it's it, he's right like that's the thing it's like you know i don't think anyone can disagree with him but at the end of the day you like you have to work with this guy 24 7 basically 365 during the football season um so to, to come in and basically go to war with this guy with this guy in your front lines week in and week out and you're telling him that he's he's the worst quarterback in the division like <laughs> at the minimum it's it's crazy that uh he would even consider saying i mean it's such a layup question to give like such a non-answer of of like you know why your team is struggling and focus on like the greater performance and maybe maybe point the finger at yourself instead of pointing the finger at <laughs> carson wentz and or, or pointing at your gm because you obviously don't have good players if you had to resort to getting carson wentz if i were them i would throw in t- Heineke and just ride that wave and see how it goes because at least he can provide some excitement, provide some mobility and, and probably limits the dumb decisions. But um, at the end of the day, I, if you're, if you're Ron Rivera, I don't know how you look, I don't know how you can look Carson Wentz in the face after that comment, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly that. Like you can't, no matter how bad you're playing, like you gotta be like, well, Carson Wentz, you know, he's, he's doing everything he can. He's make you know, yes, he's made mistakes, but, you know, it's a team effort. Like, just to throw somebody under the bus, especially your quarterback, like, that's just not the right move. Uh, maybe maybe I am going to eat crow with, with the respect of Ron Rivera. Like, maybe he's on his way out and he knows it. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, he, I don't know if, if Wentz gets another starting gig after this. This is kind of like, you know, the, I thought the Colts thing was going to work out at least for a couple of years. Uh, obviously didn't and now he he looks even worse uh i don't know it's just like i said it's mind-blowing type of stuff that he just continues to struggle and it's almost like his psyche is broken i don't i don't know i don't know what else to attribute it to maybe he'll uh maybe he'll be on the eagles next year as their backup that'd be fun maybe maybe he'll be uh cooper rush's backup so maybe it'll be uh, Dak, Cooper, Rush, and Wentz in the third string. I think I think Dak would be third string in that. <laughs> Especially if Cooper Rush keeps winning, it's five and zero. Oh, but yeah, right, um, right. All right. Before we get to Jets and Eagles, to, to cap this one off, would love uh, your take on uh, Tom Brady. I mean, just uh, if you didn't see this, um, absolutely changed. The course of this game, um, basically Grady Jarrett, who was uh, a great pass rusher for the Atlanta Falcons, comes in with about a couple minutes left to end the drive, basically wraps up Brady, kind of like grabs him for a sack, but almost rolls with him 
and uh, to the ground. So Brady falls on top of him and then rolls off him and, and hits the ground after that. So very uh, innocuous, um, kind of unassuming hit, so to speak. Definitely not worth roughing the passer, in my opinion. Lo and behold, Tom Brady um, obviously gets all the calls from the officials. Uh, they called it um, roughing the passer. They continue the drive and then ultimately win, kill the clock and and beat the Falcons. And to me, like it's it's a it's the Brady thing, but B it's like the Falcons are a young up and coming team. Um, they need all all they can get uh, in in terms of wins and momentum and just good mojo that they have coming to them. Um, so from from that standpoint, from that point of view, it just make zero sense um, to me why the, and maybe it's just a, that's, that's to me, I know there's been so many egregious rough in the passer calls over the past couple of years when they changed that rule, but that this one by far was the most egregious. Like, like I said, they legitimately basically wrapped him up, spun him to the ground. He landed on top of Grady Jarrett. So he did all that he could to protect Tom Brady as it is. And then kind of spilled over him to the ground and, didn't even hit the ground hard. He just, like I said, spilled over to spilled over him and somehow the flag was thrown. But in my mind, it's like this rule shouldn't even be a thing. And, and uh, of course the calls obviously go to, you know, freaking Tom Brady. I'm, gl- I'm glad you uh, kept our show PG there, man. Good job. Hey, it's, hey I can uh, be PG at least once in my lifetime, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, a- absolute. Uh... I'll stick with the PG theme. Uh, absolute horse crap. Then, um, yeah, just just come on, man. Like, what's he supposed to do? I, like, you know, he, he's he's Brady's moving to his right. The guy is like kind of swinging around to that side. Like, and it's not like he he's like you said he didn't slam him to the ground. It wasn't malicious. Like, to call that roughing the passer that that's ridiculous. That's just bush league in my opinion. That that's just a horrible horrible call. Of course. Of course, Tom Brady says uh, an egregious comment after the game that I don't, I don't, uh, I'm sorry, I don't throw the flags. Um, yeah, no, no shit, Sherlock, you don't. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, so it's just, it's, I don't know, man. He, guy's always gotten all the calls. He continues to get all the calls. Doesn't matter what team he's on. Uh, I, I <laughs> definitely uh, Arthur Smith was you know, on the sideline that they, they got him. I'm, I'm reading over this SI article. He, he definitely didn't use PG words. He uh, started, you know, used the word that starts with an F and, and then another word that starts with a B. So uh, you can, you can draw, you know, you can figure that one out for yourselves. Yeah. It, it, I don't know, man. It, it, of course it happens against the Falcons too, the team that he came back 28 to three on, like it just yeah, sometimes, right. sometimes people just can't, catch a break um and some people get all the breaks in the world and i, I know i'll never understand it but that's that, that's life so it's it's it sucks i i hate tom brady it makes me hate him even more um and i'm glad he got divorced now i've never i want to you know Hey-o. whatever you know hopefully uh you know we don't turn this into flag football i understand the seriousness of of um tua after you know the the hit he fit you know he took um but you got to also blame that on the fact that he was out there playing in the first place. You can't, you can't make this touch football. It's just not, these guys are way too fast and too physical. Like it wasn't a malicious hit and, and it it pretty much cost them any chance in in winning this game. I wonder if, uh, 
I mean, one of the media's asking about his divorce. Probably, probably, right? Honestly, I, I haven't seen, you know, maybe I just haven't paid attention to that, but I, I haven't seen it. I'll say that. Maybe they, they probably the refs were saying, hey, guys, like, you know, he's real fragile right now. That's why we got to call his rough in the passer call. So if the media, like, if you guys are going to ask about it, like, you get a 15 yard penalty and, and can't come to the press conference ever again. So I think he's controlling the media, he's controlling the referees. It's just a sad state of affairs in the NFL right now. Yeah, man. The, the rich get richer. I'll say it like that. Like, it, it's just the guy has never, I'm not going to say he's never faced adversity. That's extreme, obviously, but. It, when he when there's a benefit of the doubt, he he gets the benefit of the doubt. Like it, it's just ridiculous. He's not to throw shade at your boy LeBron, but it reminds me of like the foul calls he gets. Like it's it's just huh. it's a little it's excessive, and and this is why you either love him or hate him because there's enough people to hate him out there. Hey, he'll be out of the league next year, hopefully, and then. Uh... We'll have to deal with him again until he's calling every, you know, was he Fox now? Calling every Fox game probably. So we just have to deal with him on our screens, but thankfully not in the field anymore. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned the rich get richer, Aaron. And I want to end with uh, some Eagles um, Jets talk here. Um, just kind of go and, and chat through their week five performances, but uh, five and oh, how's that feel, my friend? Dude, I can't, I can't complain. This, this game was, uh, was one that, you know, I, I knew it was going to be a test, uh, not this, you know, Arizona is, is kind of, they're not like an elite team, but they don't, they don't go down without a fight either at the same rate. So, um, to play a, a play, play a 60 minute game in their house against Kyler is a struggle, you know, it's going to be a dog fight to, to a certain degree. He, Kyler can make every play on the field if, if he, you know, has his head on straight, which is half the game he doesn't. But um yeah, man, I, I can't complain the kind of uh you know Devontae Smith made plays. I'll say that Dal- Dallas Goddard really broke out this game, uh which was nice to see. Yeah, man, the, <laughs> I'm gonna say Mark Andrews on that one, but uh <laughs> yeah. dude uh Zach Ertz was kind of going off for the Cardinals, which was you know was he a little disheartening to see. Uh, I love, uh, I love me some Zacherts. I, I can't, uh, I can't lie. I, I, you know, guy was an absolute warrior uh, on the Eagles, but yeah, um, found a way to come out with a win. Thanks to uh, obviously a, a shanked kick as well, which is always great to see. That that's a just a, such a, a killer for you know team morale. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll take it. I thought. Jonathan Gannon was definitely pissing me off to to a certain degree in the second half. He he kind of laid off. I know you gotta not blitz Kyler a million times because he's gonna take off running, but you know he sat back in zone and he took off running anyway. So, um, yeah, you know, came out with a win. Uh, I love what Jalen Hurts said. He said, uh, "I don't even like hearing five and zero. We're worried about one and zero." Good boy. And, and uh, we didn't play up to our standard today. That that's the right mindset. That's that's the type of, of mindset that a leader possesses. Like, you know, no matter what, there's always work to be done and, and, and we got to get better. So I, I love hearing that uh, five and zero can't complain. It doesn't almost feel real, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have fun with, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys Cal cowgirls coming in with, uh, hey. with probably Cooper rush. I don't know officially yet, I guess, but 
um, that that should be an absolute um, another dog fight, you know, back to back to back weeks. So uh, long story short, I'm happy and uh, they pulled it out. Hey, the standard is a standard. Gotta <laughs> love it. Um, walk me through uh, Kyler Murray's um, just blunders on the final drive in, in general. Um, would love to uh, um, hear, hear your thoughts on it. You know, from what I read and talking a little bit off air that uh, he was the one that um, just kind of pissed away uh, this, this loss a little bit for, for his team, but would love to kind of hear your thoughts on how that all went down. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they, uh, they had every opportunity really to win this game down the stretch. Um, they were marching down the field. No, no, it, if ands or buts about it. Um, but yeah, he, so they complete a, or I'm sorry, he, he takes off on a scramble on second. I just want to say second and 10 or, you know, second and long, we'll say uh, he comes back up he slides pretty much like he slides to the point where it took him, a, you know, a couple of seconds to get up and, you know, you're running out of time. So he could have just easily got out of bounds or, or, you know, lost, not gotten as many yards, but got out of bounds and, and ran another play. He comes back, he spikes the ball on third and one, which set him up for, uh, it was like, damn it. I I can't remember how long the field goal was, but he spikes the ball. So they have to kick it. Long story short, they have to kick it on fourth. And uh, yeah, man, just no, like no awareness. Like it just reminded me of that, that Dallas Cowboys game last year against the 49ers where like Dak took off for that long run and he slid and they're just like running out of time. And I don't even think they got a playoff after that. It was like a similar situation to that where he, he just, if they played their cards right, they could have came out of this probably with a win, uh, at least a chance at the end zone uh, or a shorter kick, which, you know, maybe he didn't, he wouldn't have shanked it. So, um, you know, that happens in the NFL, but it's like the Cardinals either aren't coached well and, or Kyler Murray is just like oblivious uh, or one of the other is happening. I mean, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, that that might that to me just falls on like coaching and and I mean it's also kind of like both I guess him and coaching like not being prepared for the moment. Like as soon as he falls down, someone's got to be just screaming like get up, get the line, do this. He probably was like yeah, I'll take my time, I'll spike it, but not knowing like <clears throat> the down and distance and uh, you know kind of maybe maybe for some reason with, with it being like you know fourth and one and he thought he was a first down or something like that but at the end of the day like someone on the sidelines got to be screaming or screaming in the headset like dude fourth and like third and one let's go run a play try to get this first down and if not we can always kick it from there but just the present the lack of presence of mind as a quarterback you know is especially in in those late game situations, obviously it's the most stressful time throughout the game, but just a lack of awareness um, that you have to have to like basically go through that situation is like nuts to me, but consider you probably have like four or five, just like people who focus on game management in that press box. So at least someone's got to be screaming, like, get up, get up, get up and, <laughs> you know, go to the lion ship. But Hey, probably just the state of the Cardinals as a, uh, as a team. And, uh, you know, definitely not a beacon of good coaching ever since Cliff Kingsbury came into the league. So definitely another guy, probably a team that we should have mentioned that might be on our coaching hot list. I know they're, they're doing better than some of the teams we mentioned earlier. And if they're going to make a move, it's probably going to be in the off season, but either way, just still, still nuts that it, it came to that situation. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like, there's nothing worse than like blowing a game in in a way that you you know just you you got to set yourself. You can't beat yourself, and you can't set yourself up for failure. And I, I think they kind of did that. Um, you know, between between coaching and and Kyler Murray just being oblivious. Um, but I mean, either way, it's like five and zero, dude. Like that's awesome. Um, like I keep saying, like we started this podcast two years ago. Both of our teams were shit. Um, feels good that you know you obviously have a have a great team to watch and follow. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, you said you mentioned Cowboys next week, so you, you feel good about that game. I do feel good, but at at the same time, I do feel um, that that will be will be a fight, uh, and I think it can go either way. Dallas has definitely had our number as of late. I know we're we're a lot better uh, than we have been uh, in recent memory, but they're riding the the hot hand of Cooper Rush as well. And if he plays, I think they have a, a tremendous shot. I'd rather see I'd rather see Dak play, even though he's he's absolutely owned us in his career as well. But right. Um, you know, coming off the injury, shaking off the rust, I'd rather see Dak out there than than Cooper Rush personally. But um, I think we we probably find a way to win. Uh, but I do think it's a it's a close game, and I think Dallas is is not slowing down. Their defense has been elite the last five weeks. So I love it. I will say the loss is probably coming at some point. Um, <laughs> you know that. Just brace yourself. I think it's just going to be, you know, probably, uh, you know, maybe it's like a 15-2, 14-3 type season for you guys, which would be absolutely crazy. But those losses do come um, as you kind of get into the dog days of of the season. But um, just keep riding the train, man. We'll keep obviously breaking, breaking down these games and championing the Eagles all season. So happy for you guys. Um, it's just crazy just to see the amount of – amount of good work how he's been able to put in and you know winning despite Jonathan Gannon's talent so at the defensive coordinator role has been just a, a miracle in and of itself hey man always appreciate it um but but uh you know I'm not the only team that won this week and I'm not the only team in green that that won this week 50 burger 40 burger excuse me 40 burger fell like a 50 burger uh we did play um, a guy by the name of Skylar Thompson um, sounds like a pop artist. He's actually the third string quarterback for the Dolphins. Who knew? Um, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy B um, was supposed to, I mean, did start this game. Sauce Gardner on the first play of the Dolphins being on offense um, came on a naked blitz from the left. Teddy B didn't see him, sacked him, hurt his elbow, gave him a concussion. Um, and then we basically had Skylar Thompson from there. So, um, not not like it. I mean, the scoreboard was forty Jets, seventeen Dolphins. It might indicate a domination. Um, definitely wasn't. We pulled away in the fourth quarter and owned them in the fourth. But um, it was nineteen seventeen at one point. Um, at one point, the Dolphins were were kicking a field goal at nineteen seventeen. They go up with the lead. They ended up missing it, and the Jets scored from there to to put it up for good. But um, their first win at home this season. Obviously, great to get that one off your back and check a W off the win column for the home fans and, and their first divisional game win in 12 games. They were 0 and 12 their past 12 games against division rivals and, and just division games in general. Um, the Dolphins have absolutely had our number these past couple of years. Uh, Mike McDaniel and their offense is, is arguably, arguably been the best offense in the league. Um, they were able to run the ball pretty well against us, but that was just more so because the Jets are playing a lot of too high and, 
Um, they had their kind of like big nickel package in with, with the safety at the will linebacker position. Um, so they're going a little bit lighter in terms of, of pounds um, and, and just man meat uh, in the middle of the field. So that Raheem Moser is able to run the ball a little bit, but defense was kind of in that bend don't break mentality, but still played really well. I mean, on that first, that first play that Sauce Gardner hit, I mentioned they got a safety off of that play. Um, Sauce Gardner had a pick. Carl Lawson had a strip sack, and um, Quinn Williams returned it basically to the one. The Jets scored on the next play from there. So this is the first game where both units played pretty well, and special teams played really well too. So um, finally starting to play some complimentary football. And, and last thing I'll, I'll say is Brees Hall, um, 100, 197 total yards, um, 97 rush yards, 100 receiving yards, had a set, basically ran a wheel route wide open, streaking down the left. Zach hits him in stride, runs another good 50 yards for a 79-yard play in and of itself, and then uh, got tackled at the one-yard line, and then Michael Carter punched it in the next play. But um, these rookies, I'll keep saying it, like Sauce Gardner's in the running for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall in the running for Offensive Rookies of the Year. Um, just this just draft class is like has the potential to just be franchise altering. Um, and Joe Douglas is not like your, you know, he's not a well-known GM across the league, obviously like Aaron knows him because he used to work for the Eagles. But um, I mean, the Jets never get this type of national recognition, if you will. And for the first time in, in basically my Jets fan fanhood, um, they are starting to. Um, so, I mean, Zach, just to touch on him a little bit, I didn't touch on him too much last week just because like it was his first game and um, not much to glean from, from one game, but um, definitely not jumping off the box score by any stretch of the imagination. Went 14 of 21, 210 yards. Um, did have a really clutch, you know, kind of nut up rushing touchdown, which really helped put, uh, put them up there in the first half. Um, had some, like, you know, had some good completion percentage. His EPA was, was pretty good. And um, I will say the throws he did make were great. Um, definitely didn't take a lot of risk down the field. Um, offensive line wasn't the best. So he was kind of running out of pressure a decent amount this week, similar to the Steelers and what they were able to do last week. Um, but for the most part, um, they were able to do a lot of, a lot of good stuff. So he's just playing more consistent. I think the difference I've seen from him, over two games this year as opposed to last year is just the calming presence. He kind of has, you know, back there, he's not playing happy feet in the pocket like like he would last year. And, you know, we're talking off air and Aaron and I were, and, like, you, you basically turn off the switch for Zach Wilson for a good, like, half, and he, they'd go three and out, like, a couple drives in a row. But the run game has been there. Uh, Michael Carter, Bruce Hall are a great one-two tandem. Um, they need to get healthy on the O-line. Um, but Zach's starting to play well and and being more accurate. And uh, like I said, just having a, a calming presence back there is something we haven't had um, in a good bit. So encouraging. Not going to say this team is like, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. But, you know, we're three and two for the first time in our in mid-October, which it feels like forever. Um, this is our first 40-point game since 2018, which is nuts in and of itself. Um, and just to be above 500 after five games just feels, you know, phenomenal. So um, I think if this team keeps stacking it, get some more quality wins this season, you know, we'll be on the lookout for as these guys mature and progress throughout, you know, hopefully this offseason, next season as well. But just very encouraging and 
Um, you know, this point last year, we were like one in five, one in four, whatever it was. So uh, definitely banging a different beat to the drum for sure this year as opposed to the last. Dude, maybe maybe it's the effect of Gary V. Uh, you know, just his, his fandom going in, to the next level. Um, but no, uh, yeah, dude, it's always when I, you know, I didn't get to see any of this game, unfortunately, but, you know, seeing that they put up 40, you know, a 40 burger. Um, always that's a that's a great sign i don't like i said i don't care who you're playing you throw up 40 in the nfl that that's you're cooking something and, and you're cooking it right so um yeah like you like you touched on Brees hall going off that that's what you need you need playmakers I, I think they're surrounding you know zach with some playmakers now um yeah and yeah, and, and yeah like you just want to continue to see the team get better if they finish like let's just say they finish a game under 500 or right there like that's that's a, a hell of an improvement and you're 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 sticking with something that's like you know where it's like Adam Gase it was like you knew this was not working it's like right. you at least see the pieces being moved to where uh you're 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 moving the needle per se so like that's that's a positive that that is what you want to build on um hey man you never know it's any it's any given week in this league maybe maybe they go into green bay with uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers having absolute trash cans to throw to because I, I saw <laughs> this past week, uh, you know, the game in London, I did catch a little bit of that, uh, especially the second half against the Giants. And, and you know, the Giants are, are slept on, I think. Uh, unfortunately, they are because I, I don't need them to be good. But regardless, uh, Brian Dable has rallied the troops in, in, with them and, and they pull off the upset there. But I... <laughs> Yeah, the the Giants won, but the Packers kind of beat themselves as well. Like they they dropped plenty of balls down the stretch there, and did not do Rodgers any favors. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying you guys will win, but I'm not saying you guys will lose. I I give you guys a good fighting chance next week. Yeah, we're we're over a touchdown underdogs at this point on the road, which which makes sense. We're not going to get that type of respect or type of credit that we deserve for for the next little bit here, but. Um, yeah, that that team I will say doesn't scare me. Um, I, I think that defensively we're going to be in a pretty good spot. Like as good as Sauce Gardner is playing, um, DJ Reed's playing even better on the other cornerback position. I mean, we held uh, we held Tyree Kill to seven catches, forty-seven yards. We held him and Waddle to a combined seventy yards, uh, no touchdowns. So um, again, they're playing a third-string quarterback, but um, at the end of the day, like those guys are two of the fastest receivers in the league and Alan Lazard and, you know, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Robert Tunyon. Those guys do not scare me. I mean, they'll run the ball on us a shit ton. Like I have no doubt that's going to happen because our run defense stinks, but uh, I, like they're not, I, I mean, it's going to be a dog fight for them. You know, we're coming into their house and, and obviously Rogers is like magical in that building. So I'm not expecting a win by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not going to be, you know, 45 to 10 Packers. Like we're not the bears, you know, like, we're, <laughs> we're going to come in there. We're going to give them a game. We'll give them a fucking game and a half. And if Zach can get on, you know, get some better chemistry with the receivers and, and the run game can continue, then we'll give them some, we'll give them some points too. So um, I do like the, the formula the giants laid out with um, how they attack the Packers and Saquon absolutely diced them up and Danny dimes. And they have, like definitely more creative play calling. Like I love the giants coaches and how they laid out that game plan. But I do think that our corners and our defensive line can give them some trouble. And 
if we can just kind of hang in there and squeeze by, you know, offensively at the end, I'm certainly not going to be surprised. Um, that team's vulnerable. The Jets are are feeling good, riding high. So we'll kind of see if this is the same old Jets. I I definitely predicted a loss this week, and then they obviously showed me some stuff. But um, at the end of the day, like just keep the good vibes going, keep the momentum going, give some confidence to Zach, get get some chemistry going with the receivers and you know honestly the sky's the limit for this team daniel kurtz man most one of the most optimistic sports fans i know and that's why we keep bringing him back so huh, have to be we, we, we we got a jekyll and hyde i, I think i'm always a glass half empty fan <laughs> uh just because i've seen my team disappoint me in so many ways even you know even with the success but I love it. I love I love a victory Monday. Uh, you know, on both sides Always. of the coin. Um, so yeah, let's just keep it going. Uh, as we we round up the show, you know, Zoom doing us no favors per usual. About five minutes <laughs> left. Um, I do want to give. I would do want a real quick prediction in, in a you know, minute or less here. What do you think on uh, Thursday night football? The matchup of the of the century. I'll say that the oh, Commanders at the Bears. What of the you- century. Uh, I'm pretty happy that, that baseball is going to be on because I might just, <laughs> like, follow this game from afar. Uh, I will say the Bears are wearing their orange helmets. So, uh, orange helmets, orange jersey. I might just have to give them the W, like, off the bat there. I don't even know where this game's being played. But uh, how about Amazon just getting absolutely hosed with that stinker of a game last week? And people were making jokes about this game last Thursday. Um so I, I do. I, for in all honesty, I do like the Bears. I think uh, Justin Fields and and Khalil Herbert and and some of those guys will be able to kind of run all over the the Commanders. And the Commanders to me are just in an awful, god awful spot. You have, like we said, Rivera talking shit to his quarterback three days before the game. So uh, I do like the Bears in this one. I just I don't want to watch it. Like I'll say that. I, I football. I love it. I just don't want to watch this game. So I'll probably probably follow it, obviously, but um may not pay like too too close attention to it. But what are you, what are your thoughts on this matchup though? Dude, it's like you said, I mean this I I'll be watching baseball as well. Um I'll I'll flip back and you know, I'll I'll find time to at least, you know, catch it a catch here, you know, here and there. But uh yeah, an absolute clunker again. Uh like you said, you know, this is two weeks in a row, just this is gonna be awful. Um, this game might, might be like 20 to 14, 20, 2010, something like that. Um, I don't know, man. Like just when you think it can't get worse for the, for the commanders, it, it kind of does. <laughs> uh, you could, in my opinion, I think you could see Wentz bench in, benched in this game after what Ron Rivera just said about him. Yeah. Um, if it's not, if, if it's ugly by halftime, you might see Heineke come in, um, I don't hate Heineke. I don't. I don't think he's like bad by any stretch. Like he, he at this point, he probably gives you a better chance to win. Hundred um, percent. So maybe with all those things considered, um, I'll say the the Bears are slightly better. Um, they're both shitty, shitty teams, uh, but I think the Bears probably win. I, you know, I do think this game is close. Just from afar, that's how I'm looking at it. I think it's like a field goal type of game, um, and the Bears find a way to win, and the the Commanders are in absolute turmoil. Absolute turmoil. Um, 
Yeah, well, we might have to give up just a full, like, comical breakdown of this game next year just for fun, depending <laughs> on this outcome. But either way, looking forward to another great week of football. Looking forward to another great week of uh, playoff baseball. Um, Aaron, why don't you take us home? Yeah, man. And uh, Daniel's long-loved pastime starts up tomorrow as well. And, I, and I've gotten into it far more than I ever have in the last couple of years. So NHL back back on the ice. Love to see it. Basketball, I don't, I could care less, but <laughs> yeah, man. NHL kicking off playoff baseball. Appreciate you guys sticking to the end of the show. We we've rambled and went on tangents about about a lot of guys tonight, but that that's always what we do. So, um, yeah, the, looking forward to it, and, and and looking forward to keep moving forward with the pod. Love it. Take us home.